Good evening and welcome to a special midweek episode of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav, I've got Bex with me here too, and this evening we're live from Hotspur Way um, where we have two very special guests. Please join us in welcoming coach of the Spurs ladies side, Karen Hills, and goalkeeper, Ryman Cup final penalty saving hero, Tony Ann Wayne. Welcome ladies, thank you for taking the time to join us. No problem. Hiya. Um, Hello. I know that you've got training straight after this, so we'll... Um, we really appreciate the, the time that you've ta- um, taken. Um, firstly, also, I should just add on behalf of every, everyone here and um, all our listeners, congratulations on firstly winning the Ryman Cup final a few weeks ago. Myself and Bex were there on that, that night. Um, and also reaching the Capital Women's Cup final and the FA Women's Premier League Cup final. So well done, um, all of that. Um, contesting one more Cup final this Sunday, two o'clock kickoff um, at Kidderminster against Cardiff City. Um, so hopefully you can bring a bit more silverware um, to to the lane. Um, so we've got f- f- a few questions from ourselves and, and some from our listeners. So just, just to start off with, Karen, you've got an impressive resume. Um, you've played semi-professional football for Charlton, um, won various cups, FA Cup, League Cup, Charity Shield, um, and as well as being Spurs ladies team manager you're also head coach for the Spurs ladies football academy um, which means you obviously get to keep a close eye on, on all the ladies all the girls coming through um, how much talent do we have coming through and it, does the future look really bright the future does look bright we've, um, we've got some fantastic young talent coming through uh, we've got an under 8 team that we're looking to start this season We've got an under-10s team all the way up to under-16s um, across all the age groups. So we, I get the opportunity to go out and, and see them coach and, and see the, the talent that we do have on a weekly basis. Um, I get some feedback, obviously, from the, the junior coaches on, on some of the girls that we identify. Um, and, yeah, overall, it's, it's exciting. Every year there's, there's more and more girls that that are coming through the ranks and, and, and stepping into the seniors. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's looking good. I should add, a, um, an ex-colleague of mine, um, her daughter plays for the under-10s. She's doing really well at the moment. The, the coaches there is uh, Amy Lewington, and she comes through one of the foundation programmes which I, I run. So she's uh, an up-and-coming young, talented coach. And then her assistant is Lucia who is a first-team player, so she goes and obviously helps out. And another young player, uh, Shakira, who also has been involved this season on, on helping. And she again has come through the uh, the junior ranks, also come through the Barnet Southgate College programme, and now is on the border of reserves first-team player. So, 
some some young female coaches going back and, and really supporting our mm. junior section. That's really good because the under tens is it the under the tens, the fifteens, and the under eighteens all have won silverware this season as well. Yeah, that's correct. So they've done really well. It's nice to see the um, Spurs Facebook, the Spurs Ladies Facebook page, is really well informed. That's um, that's the thing. Like with with every age group, it's not just. The, the ladies that, yeah. that have done well this season throughout all of the age groups, they've all done really well um, to kind of even the reserves closely contesting the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what Sarah, Karen says, we've got so many potential young players coming through that it really does look quite good for the future. And, and the, the success of the ladies this season, contesting three cup finals, winning one, hopefully winning another, that, that must be really inspiring for, for, for all of the young girls. Um, yeah, absolutely, and I think obviously this season's been is the, the the club have supported in terms of social media, so we've we've had a lot more followers. That's been really um, good, so really the, really big as well, yeah. I think. So f- from our point of view, we've we've had um, some great coverage. Uh, we, we've obviously been in the programs and on the the main website and and building a a Facebook page and a Twitter page, and all of a sudden we've got um, a really good following of, of young and old Spurs supporters and old and new so yeah it's it's looking good across the board. When we did the last podcast when we, when we were here in February interviewing Jenna and um, Avia when that went out it was quite refreshing that a lot of people that myself included um, that necessarily weren't particularly interested in, in um, women's football um, suddenly took a big in- big interest and, and that's, that's, that's quite nice suddenly you, you meet people and they're asking questions and so forth and yeah, it's really good and it's, it's about success breeds success and the more we obviously do well the more we've got to showcase and the more we obviously be able to promote and highlight and again with the young players coming through it's it's a credit to the club and we're always going in, in the right direction um, so yeah it's, it's looking looking healthy how, how difficult is it for a young player to come through so to make that transition well, I'm not old, I'm not young anymore, so that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that the good thing with this team is it doesn't matter whether you're 14, 15, 16 years old coming through, or whether you're slightly older than that, like myself. Um, everyone seems to get on, um, so there's kind of no awkwardness when when people come into the team. We've had quite a few of the. Um, development, the under-18s, the reserve players that regularly train with us Um, and Karen and her coaching staff do really well to integrate those players um, that are coming in so I think probably from that point of view even to bringing in kind of the under-10s etc as mascots and stuff like that and we we try and interact with them and, um, and talk to them to make them feel as comfortable as possible so I think as well as the coaching staff doing well to integrate them. I think the players do quite well because we we all know that at one point in time we have been that person and we know just how difficult it is to come into something that there's established people, etc. So um, I think, especially us older ones as well, um, we really try and kind of keep that in our mind that, um, that it's not only are they here to kind of showcase what they're doing they've got to try and become involved in in the team and it's hard enough to 
to showcase your your ability without having that added pressure of am I going to fit in etc so we do try and make that as as easy as possible um, for for the players coming in and I guess that helps actually if you've got um, Lucia training the younger kids then she's very much a an attainable figure to them so they can see what she's achieved and because she's working with them maybe it takes away that little bit of a barrier and they're not quite so scared yeah and I think as well um, from a point point of view I've been at a few different teams and um, sometimes you do get it where you've got the first team and then you've got the reserves and they don't really interact um, I think if if anyone who is involved in Spurs know Spurs um, we our girls um, the girls who are not in the squad for, for games, if they're not playing games, they always come and watch us play mm-hmm. and, vi- and vice versa. The first team will go and, and watch the reserves play, the development play, etc. Um, it's just unfortunate with some of them that we, we, we tend to clash with games. Yeah. Um, but whenever anyone in other squads can go and see other, the other teams, we do. Um, and, and we all, I know most teams say it, but we all get on so well that... For us, it's not first team, reserve team, development team. It's just Tottenham ladies, and that's it. Good. It was nice, that, that bit of cohesion. I heard mm. the chief exec... Did you hear the FA's Glory podcast this last Sorry, week? Yeah. Chief exec of uh, the FA saying, women's football, and I quote, is growing like a weed. Um, so how much support are you getting from the FA? Is there anything, or is it all very specific within the club? It's all very specific, and the FA obviously uh, really banging the drum for women's football um, and I think the the World Cup really sort of excelled women's football um, into, onto another level and to another scale so the, the the growth within the Women's Super League, uh, mm-hmm. Women's Super League 1 and then Women's Super League 2 obviously we, we're in, inspiring to and, and our aim is to obviously be in, in those leagues in the, the, the future but at the moment the, the game's in a, a really healthy state um, there's some fantastic players playing at that top level, some good role models um, that, that come down into to schools to, to raise the awareness within the, the under-10s and under all the younger players across schools. So I think the FAR are, are putting a lot more effort into to raising the profile of, of women's football. Um, and obviously with the England team doing so well, the, the media coverage has, has gone from from little to quite a lot a lot more games are getting televised um, and obviously with the standard improving that's going to encourage more people to watch and obviously within the summer league when the, the men's season have, mm-hmm. have finished people want that fix of, of football and I think it's it's a it's a positive for women's football and, and like I said the standard now is is really escalated and and it's it's it's, enjo- it's enjoyable to watch now I think, like you said as well, um, from a personal point of view, you'd never really kind of experienced women's football. And I think some people have a um, predetermined idea of women's football yes. that it's never mm-hmm. going to match up to to the men's game, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, when you come and watch it, it, it's a completely different game. I mean, you would never kind of, um, if you had women's tennis and men's te- tennis, it's, it's completely different. And it's the same with women's football. It doesn't mean that it's not an exciting game to come and watch. I mean, as you 
kind yeah. of experience. Um, yeah, that Rhymer's Cup final, could you have made it a little bit less exciting? Because that really did go I'm to sure the wire. your heart was in the, out, in the mouth as much as ours were. <laughs> yeah, I, I, actually, how rude of me. It must have been different for you standing there facing those penalties. How was that? <laughs> um, you're kind of in a win-win situation as a goalkeeper because um, you aren't expected to be the hero as such. Um, and even when, for example, the other, like you said, um, from that final... Um, Charlton missed two penalties and that is only kind of a, a bonus for, for me as such. Um, but you just go out there and there was some homework that obviously we had done, um, which I think helped a little bit. And as you could see with the crowd behind us, that I think that yeah. really helped yeah. and that kind of put confidence into us and a little bit of nerves into Charlton. And I, th- I think that showed but all throughout the season, even with our semi-final against West Ham, um, I don't think we've. M- I think we've missed one penalty out of the penalties um, shootouts that we've had. So um, from that point of view, from a, as a goalkeeper, you, you don't have to worry too much because you kind of look at it in your mind, thinking like they're going to score. I just need to try and do something. So did the squad practice penalties before the final? No. Oh, at all. We, we throughout <laughs> the season we we do we do do some penalties towards the end of training. Um, but it's a very different situation to to taking a penalty in training to to doing it in in a cup final. Um, this season's been a little bit different, um, and we I've always given the ownership of the players to step up and take penalties. But this season I, I changed tactics and I. I picked, hand-picked the five to go and do the penalties against West Ham. and they all stu- me senseless when she put me in there. <laughs> they all stood up really well and, and it paid off. So we obviously got into another penalty shootout and I thought let's stick with the same tactic and we picked the penalty takers and they all stepped up and, and took ownership and, and thankfully it paid off. So it's a little bit of a different tactic this season but... In hindsight, yeah, I think it's, it's paid off. It's quite a um, sporadic thing in in training. Yeah. Um, every so often, we would have kind of penalties at the end, and if you score your penalty, you can go warm down, etc. Um, but going into both of those penalty shootouts, I was quite confident. Like I had faith that they they were going to do the job, and thankfully they did. Cool. I'll stop talking now. No, I don't. I'm good with chatting. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, um, does Karen or any of the staff watch opponents regularly and scout players? Um, so, earlier this season, um, we had um, a number of uh, players um, join us from, I think, London Bees and West Ham. Um, was it Kelly Banchflower? Or? Yeah, she came from West Ham. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, is, is that a regular part of your job or not that? It's um, an added bonus because obviously the, the time scale around obviously what, what I do, it doesn't allow us to have sort of access to those. We, this season and last season we've had um, a young apprentice from the foundation doing the video analysis and, and he's been able to get out to a few games and, and given us. Um, and obviously now with the world of uh, YouTube, it's quite easy, accessible to, mm. to access some other games. Um, but yeah, within the girls and everyone knows other people within other teams, so we know strengths and weaknesses. 
uh, within those teams. So we do look at other teams uh, and we do do our homework on them and then we try and give the girls some tools around what, what we want to see and what we want to try and achieve within those games. Um, would I like more access and would I be able to offer? Yes, of course. Um, if I'd, uh, I think having someone going out and scouting would be, if in the lower leagues, would be ideal. Again, it's, it's time consuming. Yes. But if I'm honest, within our Spurs ladies, juniors, I'm, I'm happy because I can get to go and, and see our talent from within. Um, so looking out elsewhere at the moment isn't a priority because I'm, I'm happy and comfortable with, with what we've got. But obviously going back to the question of doing some homework on, on other teams that we, we play against, um, we've got a really dedicated coaching team that, that put in a lot of hours watching our games back um, looking at our strengths and weaknesses, what we did well, what we can do better. And then obviously we look at other teams that we're playing against. Um, we do try and combat tactics and, and try and work out our training sessions around what, what, what we can do within the game to help us be successful. Um, a question from one of our listen, listeners. Annette Smith in Glasgow asks... Um, does Karen use technology in games and training? Do you rely on stats and number crunching? Uh, we we do bits and pieces. Um, it varies. So this season we've uh, had a, a guy that does all the video analysis. Where it comes to completed passes and, and, and goal scoring opportunities, it's time consuming again. Um, and with everyone doing other full-time jobs yeah. uh, and day jobs and then training three times a week, um, I do want to have a little bit of time away from football, even if it's one night. Uh, so there's not. Have you ever heard this concept? I have, no. There's a, <laughs> we have got a team of people that, that give us some information, but it's not. It's, we don't have it down to a fine art just no, and, and I guess that's even for the girls that are playing I'm guessing that's down to they they've still got other jobs to do as well so you can't monitor it in the same way in okay. the in the same respect as well though we do get um, kind of individual analysis like e each and every one of us get individual analysis for each of our games so we have got that there like I said our video analysis guy is fantastic he works extremely hard with it um, so we have that there to kind of look at what we've done personally um, to kind of, I suppose, if, if you're one of those people that always aspires to improve, then you're going to be that person that kind of looks at that, analyses it and tries to work on that when they can. Okay. Um, Karen, what does a typical game day look like for you? On a Sunday? Any game day. Okay, so a typical, so if we're playing at two o'clock on a a Sunday so personally from my point of view I'd obviously just get up and be prepared <laughs> for the game I'm sure the players have got their own uh, way of doing things I'm sure Tony can give you a little bit about what she does and how she prepares but we I get to sit down with my coaching team and the, the sports scientists and 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 the physio and we meet maybe 45 minutes before the players arrive and the players arrive at 12.15 at Chesant for a two o'clock kickoff. so we will get there between half 11 and quarter to 12 we'll sit down have a coffee just go through a couple of things that we need to speak about 
um, just based on obviously all our training and, and, and everyone's because what a lot happens from Thursday to Sunday yeah. with some of the players so we just need to make sure everything's still in the same place and then we get the players in they go and have a little walk around have a chat have a catch up we get them in the changing room they get changed we set the warm up up and, and then we come in we announce the team uh, we do a little bit of a, uh, a team talk around what's expected giving them a little bit of motivation um, just touching on some of the things that we worked on throughout training and they go out about 10 past one and do all their warm-ups um, we come in at about quarter to two so the, the players do a warm-up the goalkeepers do their own individual warm-up we then come back in and the players do their hair and shin pads and mainly hair, mainly <laughs> hair. Yeah. it's important stuff there's a lot of it gets in the way I get that and then we all sort of get in a little bit of a huddle, a little bit of words of wisdom from each of us, and then we just get together, and, and then the whistle goes, and, and then we obviously go out and do the business. What does a typical non-game day involve for you? Working for a living, you know? Working through the foundation, Tottenham Hotspur Foundation. So I work on the, the, the girls' football programmes. So a day would be going into a meeting at Hopper State with the, the college to have a, an understanding of how the girls are doing in terms of their work. Do I need to pull any of them out of training because they're behind in work or, or is everyone on, on point with their work? Does anyone need additional help and support around classroom? So we look at that and, and then I do some admin work. Um, around the college and making sure the regist registers are all up to date and going around checking all the girls, making sure they're in classes, making sure they're doing what they're meant to be doing. And then uh, I drive a minibus with all the girls on down to training. We then deliver a training session for the college girls in the afternoon from one till three. Then put them back on the minibus and drive them back to college and then they go home or do whatever. Then I might go and have something to eat or a coffee. And then from there, I meet up with the, the staff uh, for the for Spurs ladies. We then sit down and, and go through the plan for the, that this evening, uh, work out who's going to be there, and then we'll do a training session on a Tuesday evening um, from 8 till 9.30 over at Middlesex. And then I'll get home about 10 past 10, sit down, five minutes, and then go to bed. <laughs> And that's my day. That's a long that's day. A that's a really long day mm. to be long. doing stuff. Yeah, it's no. all good fun, though. I would be fast asleep by that stage. <laughs> it's all good fun. Um, Tony, when we came and did the interview with uh, Jenna and Avila before, mm -hmm. please don't be that. And I'm particularly mentioning Jenna. Yeah. Because this was something she said. Um, I wanted to know, and Jenna said you you were a particularly weird breed she as a goalkeeper. Nutter, didn't she? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, so I just wondered, <laughs> she said you were just weird. Um, so do you have any special rituals before a game? Because um, goalkeepers are legend for doing this, and I wondered if... I did have a lot. Okay. Um, in the... Not so much in terms of kind of you get a lot of people that will put like their left shin pad on first, etc. etc. Yeah. Um I'm I always have to try and sleep for as long as possible um, before the game. <laughs> Seems very sensible to me. Purely because I get so ner I like it doesn't matter whether it's um uh, a game that is winnable or 
a kind of WS against WSL team, I get really, really nervous. So the, lo the longer I'm asleep, the less nervous I am. Um, <laughs> but when I get there, I, um, I have to, when we set up and go out, I have to make sure, used to have to make sure I was always the last person out. Um, Juan always kind of gives us a high five and stuff and I refuse to allow him to do it until I'm the last one out. Um, and then I used to always go and touch the crossbar and talk to myself in the goal. I am a bit weird, yeah. <laughs> um, But by my own admission, I didn't have the greatest of starts of this season. And my psychological um, ritual was to just forget all of my superstitions. So I got injured in beginning of January, injured my back, I was out for about seven weeks. Um, come back, um, played in my first game, and I made sure that every one of those rituals I didn't have anymore. Now I have to be the second person out. I've had such a change. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got a few more questions. I don't know how much time we are, but... Um, a little bit. Okay. We've got um, a lot I'll, of questions. I will run through them as quickly as possible. Um, question from Brian Campbell asks, how did the ladies celebrate their Ryman Cup final win? Um, it was quite hard because it was a, um, school night. a a school night, yeah. So all of us, most of us, had work the next morning. Um, but I think the majority of the team stayed at Chessant and um, and celebrated together there. Um, not sure what happened afterwards because I was tucked up in bed ready for work the next morning. Um, but I think going forward and the national. Mm -hmm. Cup final. If obviously we're, if we can obviously win that, then um, there'll be obviously celebrations on on the coach, and then we will stay all stay together as a team. Not just Chesson. celebrations because it's your birthday. <laughs> well, I would hope so. But <laughs> when you get to my age, you start to hope they go backwards. <laughs> um, just coming back to last Wednesday, so I was at the um, Capital Women's Cup final against Ch Charlton. I mentioned also at the Bryman Cup final game. Um, I was lucky enough to be stood right behind yourself and very close to, to the dugout, which, which was an interesting experience. Um, I've got my own thoughts on, on, on the match, having, having seen both games and there were different obviously, performances, but... Um, where do you think we went wrong? Was it because Charlton were perhaps a little bit more determined and focused because they, they lost the first match? or I think credit to Charlton, they come out the blocks flying and they were a lot more focused and I think their game plan, they set out a little bit differently. I think he'd done a little bit of homework in between the two finals and uh, Charlton are, are a very good side, mm. um, they always have been. And, and we we just played. We I think on the first one we played exceptionally well and, and matched them and all the way. Unfortunately, I think on, on the last one we didn't underestimate them because we always knew that they're, they're going to be a very good side. But I think they they just got their game plan right and, and they was a, they moved the ball a lot quicker. Um, they just seemed to be a little bit more aggressive and, and seemed to be. I think things. Sometimes in football they don't always go your way, um, and I think everything went their way. Yeah. They was winning first balls, second balls, and their passing was a lot better, a lot slicker. Their movement was a lot, um, and that wasn't anything to do with our girls not trying and being able to do it. I just think Charlton on their night were 
were were better than us, um, and, and hence the reason they, they beat us three 0 final, final two questions. Um, so we've got we're involved in one more cup final, as we said, um, and hopefully we'll win that. What are the aims for next season? Looking forward. Uh, to continue really from where we've we, we left off and if obviously we, we, we finish this season this Sunday on the on a high that would be the ultimate achievement for this season then we'll just regroup again the girls will have a little bit of time to reflect and, and, and go away and have a little bit of time out then we'll regroup again early July and, and look to to continue that momentum where we've left off, uh, I think it's been a tremendous season for us this year. I think we've we've had strength and depth across the team, which has really helped with the success of being in the position where we have been. So if we can continue that and, and keep the players that we've got, which I'm, I'm sure we will, uh, maybe add a few additions and obviously looking at some of the younger ones coming up as well, which should always be good. And then the... the the aim for us, really, for next season is is top three. Um, I don't see it. It's not completely out out of our reach. I think we've we've competed with the top teams this this season. I think just some finer details or little bits of of, of uh, mistakes or just not being clinical enough has has cost us. But we've we've competed all the way through, and I think we'll we'll continue to compete with the top teams. Um, and obviously with with the penalties, a little bit of luck when you get into the finals. But uh, to be in three cup finals this season is is exceeded all our expectations. And the national final was the one that we wanted to to get into this year. That was the main focus, and and we've achieved that. If we can go one step further and win it, then um, absolutely unbelievable for us. It's a big marker, isn't it, for it, everybody else? Absolutely. And then next season we just continue growing and, and we stay strong and, and we believe in what we're doing and everyone's focused and, and trying to achieve to the highest standard we can and, and I think if the girls do that um, then yeah the next season we can we can go one step further and obviously do better in the FA Cup and if we can get to play against another WSL team which is always the expectation then then that's the uh, the aim for next season OK sorry just very quickly when's your next when does the Season start? Seventeenth of August, isn't it? So seventeenth of August. Oh, it's my birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, one la- very last question, I promise you. Mark Stoll said, What will the ladies be do- doing during the summer? Until seventeenth of August. Rest. Well, I'm guessing well, that you'll be hauled back for a um, little bit of training. I think a lot of a lot of the girls, because it, it is really quite tough thing, a lot of the girls have got holidays booked. Um, just to kind of rest and recoup and um, not think about football I know that sounds weird but for kind of 10 months of our life it has been hard work um, mm-hmm. with full-time jobs and yeah. um, training three times a week game on a Sunday etc it really does take its toll um, and you do get to now where as you are looking forward to a little bit of rest and I'm sure the staff are as well um, personally I will go into my cricket season so um, I won't have huge rest I'll probably have a couple of weeks rest yeah but cricket's a little bit less frenetic isn't it than football yeah I I get a bit bored standing still so just um, out of curiosity you you play cricket for um, Sticks and Colchester yeah Um, are you a wicketkeeper by any chance? No, no, I'm rubbish, <laughs> rubbish. It's different hand movements. Catch, no? Really rubbish. And the ball's a lot harder. And it's much smaller as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm point. 
okay. point and um, I'm a, a, a bowler with a weird action so sometimes that works okay the girls will be probably coming back in 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 early July so in June they have all of May off and then June they'll get a pre-season plan where they have to follow themselves and there will be probably uh, some sessions in between that where they yeah. can come in and, and, and do Catch once and, the yeah. session and then on in July we, we go straight into it uh, and then ready for our season in August. I think that helped us last year. Um, the year before when I started we um, we didn't used to do that did we and I think you come back and for three weeks of your pre-season you're just trying to get your base fitness mm -hmm. whereas last year we come in everyone had their base fitness and you can just get straight on it and I think that we um, come out flying at the beginning of the season um, because of that. We don't want to keep going any longer because we know, we know you've got anyway. training to do. Um, just don't forget for all our listeners, you can see the ladies in the FA Women's Premier League Cup final against Cardiff City on Sunday the 8th of May, kick-off 2 o'clock. Um, just head down to Agborough Stadium, Kidderminster. It's £5 entry, I believe, at the door. Um, of course, we wish you the very best of luck um, and we hope you bring some silverware back. Um, Thank you for giving thank your you time. Thank you very much, both no of you. No problem. Really appreciate it. Bex, thanks. Thank you as ever. Um, the next podcast we'll be doing after this one, um, we'll, we'll be recording one on Sunday the 8th of May. And as ever, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. It's seen its pain, it's had its lows and highs We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names are up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.